Well, good morning. I hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful start to your day. And welcome to Families in Agriculture. Today I'm going to be sharing with you some lessons from the orchard. And I hope you can find encouragement. I noticed that a lot of the people who are coming into the family stream, surprise, surprise, are moms. And you know, that just makes me feel so very, very much at home because guess what? I'm a mom too. <laughs> so welcome, welcome. Can we pray? Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the words that I have to speak and I pray that they will be to your glory. I thank you that your presence will be here with us now. In your name I pray, amen. We used to live in Gunnedah. Um, quite some years back, out west. And in our front yard was a tree, a tall, strong, young tree. And it was just one of those trees that reminded me of Daniel. You know the character, the biblical character Daniel, who stood for what was right. He was tall, he was strong, he was upright in character. And this tree was just like that. Tall, strong, and very, very straight. And back then, we had little children, only two back then. And um, I used to say to my boys, that's the Daniel tree. And I always used to like to point to that tree as a visual example to them of what Daniel was like. Tall, strong, and upright in character. And you know, I guess the character of Daniel um, is something that we still have to see today. And a tree is a bit like that. The way that a tree grows, everybody can see how it grows, can't it? Everyone can see the strength, the bent, the shape, the character of a tree, just like we can see even now today, thousands of years later, we can still see and admire and want to strive for the character of Daniel. There's a verse in Psalms that says that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. And I love that verse. When I read it, I read that our sons may be as trees grown up in their youth. I don't know if you can see that picture too well because of the contrast in here, but uh, we now live only 45 minutes from here and we have another Daniel tree. I don't know if you can see it, it's right in the middle there. And it's really tall, and it's really, really straight. And guess what? Now we've got four boys. And I say to them, that's the Daniel tree. It's a visual example, as I say, of where I want them to grow. Tall, strong, upright, young man. And, you know, every day I see this tree and I'm challenged because that's what I want for them. But it's what we do as parents that's going to hopefully encourage them to grow in that right direction. We've got four young men, there they are, and it's my greatest desire for them to grow like Daniel did, tall, straight, and upright in character. Well, God's been teaching me a few lessons, as he does lately. I guess nothing particularly brand new necessarily, but you know, don't we need to just sometimes keep relearning the old lessons and being reminded again and again because we so easily forget those things that 
we need to be applying in our everyday. We uh, only moved to our property 45 minutes away from here back in July, and so we haven't been there very long. But before we even moved there, we knew that our very, very first priority would be to put in an orchard. We were going to put in a E.G. White orchard, and we did a lot of planning before we even moved. Um, the plan was to put in 51 trees and to dig those great big gigantic metre by metre by metre holes and fill it with the good mix and layers of soil and rock and everything else. Um, we've planted all sorts of things, everything from apples, um, avocados to mangoes and mandarins, black sapotes, um, pomegranates, guavas, you name it, we've probably got it some of the exotic things that are even a little, little bit hard to get your tongue around. And we did a lot of planning for months and months. We ordered the water tank that was going to water. We ordered the plumber to come in and put it in. We ordered the soil, the topsoil and the compost to all been dumped off. And then we finally moved. And I tell you, even before all the boxes had been unpacked in the house, we were out there working on the orchard because this was priority number one. Uh, for us. I think there's a few photos here of um, some of the trees going in. This is just one wheelbarrow load of, of many. Uh, this is some of the hard work that went into putting in the orchard. Um, it was one thing to have the backhoe come in and dig out the holes, but then we had to refill the holes. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun and a lot of family work. And that's uh, some of the orchard with some of the new little baby trees. Once it was in, the fun truly, truly began. <laughs> we ran into a lot of trouble. We'd done it the Ichi White way. We thought we were doing everything right. I personally have an absolute fascination in soil and so we thought we had everything organised. We thought we had everything in order. And we thought we'd done everything right. But unbeknownst to us, it was going to come back and bite us. We ran into so many trouble. And for a while there, I didn't know, was I, was I overwatering? Was I underwatering? Uh, I'm a gardener. I'm a passionate gardener. And I know how to care for gardens. But I'll be honest, I've never cared for trees before and this was a brand new experience for me. Um, we had leaves that were just curling up. We had leaves that were burning all around the edges or right across the entire leaf, just going brown. And then we had leaves that were just falling off all over the place, everywhere through the orchard. There were some plants that somehow seemed to be doing okay, but there were too many that were really, truly struggling. And I kept going to God in prayer over this. Only God knows how much I poured into this orchard to prepare it before we even planted it. And only God knows how much I have agonized with him over what happened after we planted the orchard. I kept saying, Lord, <laughs> give us wisdom and, and please, Lord, save our plants. <laughs> we put a lot of time and a lot of money. And in the process, I realized that I needed to ask God another part. Another part, another prayer I had to pray was, Lord, teach.
teach me what you want me to learn in this process. And God started linking some beautiful lessons of what was happening in the orchard to my parenting journey. And I guess that's what I want to share with you today. You know, it was an invaluable experience and I praise God for what we've been through with the orchard. It was like an in-my-face parallel of the health of the orchard, the trees in the orchard, and the health of my children, if you get the drift. So, lesson number one. Let me just grab a little drink here. At about the time when the orchard was honestly looking at its worst, I'll tell you the truth, I had been losing sleep over it. It had been <laughs> creating a bit of a, a, bit of a um, stomach ulcer in me. Multiple trees had literally defoliated, as in lost their leaves, and the citrus particularly had just been reduced to just, in a lot of cases, these dead-looking sticks. And I knew that we had huge, huge issues happening in the soil. I had some idea of what was going on in the soil, but um, we had taken a soil test just before we planted the trees, and so we had sent the soil test off to be, to be tested, and we were still waiting for the results. And even though I thought I knew some of the issues that were happening in the soil, I wasn't prepared to go ahead and try to fix them until I got the results from the soil test back, because I knew that when I went to fix them, I wanted to fix them with precision. So I was, I was anxious. I was quite anxious. And I, this particular day, I had just completed another round of inspecting the trees in the orchard. And I was praying again. I was agonising with God again over what I could see happening down there. And I was standing at this gate. That's why you've got that picture there. I was standing there at this gate, looking down across and over the orchard. And I was praying Lord, Lord, help, please keep the trees alive until we get the soil test back and I can do something about the problem. You know, I was anxious and I was in thought and in prayer about the trees, not about my children. My children were the furthest thing from my mind at that point in time when God spoke to me. And it wasn't audible. But I tell you what, it was clear. With absolute clarity, God said, are you as concerned about your children as you are about your trees? That was God's words to me because I was not thinking about anything to do with my children. My focus was the orchard. God said, do you pray for your children as much as you've been praying for your trees? Ouch, I cried. I absolutely cried. And it was the first significant lesson that I learned here in the orchard, and I praise God for it. I'm glad I've been through this. You know, we we do pray for our children, don't we, moms? Yes. Do we plead, you know, do we plead with God for our children? Not just a little casual, dear Lord, (laughs) thank you for my children and please help 
them in whatever today, but I mean plead. Plead for their eternity. Lesson number two. As I say, there was something in the soil that was causing damage to our trees, and we couldn't actually see the thing, could we? We could only see the evidence of it. This picture, if you can see it there with the contrasts, um, is a picture of one of our macadamias. And if you can see some of the burn happening on the leaves, um, I'll admit I don't have many photos to show you of the point of desperation that we got with the orchard. Because, you know, when things are going bad, do you get your camera out and take a shot? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, so I don't have too many. This is one um, stick. You can probably see the two stakes on the side and maybe see the stick in the middle. That was a tree. <laughs> That's where it got to in some of the cases. Not all of the cases, but enough to make us start to be panicking. You know, we couldn't see the evidence of what was going on. I mean, we could see the evidence of what was going on, but we couldn't actually see the thing. Later on, when we got our soil test back, we were to find that there was actually huge toxicity issues happening in our soil, and um, specifically with sodium and boron, and also a, a very, very low calcium level, and I'll go into that a little bit later on. But at the moment, I just want to focus on the fact that there were toxic issues happening in our soil. In Psalm 85, verse 11, it says, truth will spring out of the earth. And it does. You've got soil that isn't good. Truth comes out of the earth. It tells you, the earth will tell you that you've got issues happening in the soil. And that was certainly what we were saying. And of course, the same thing happens in the hearts of our children doesn't it? Does truth spring out of the hearts of our children? It was very, very frustrating for us to know that there was wrong happening and yet know so little, so little about what the wrong was. In, ret in retrospect, I would have done things differently. I would have still put in an E.G. White orchard, I might add. I'm all for the E.G. White orchard. But I would have taken the soil test first got the results back first, amended the soil first, and then planted the trees. You know, retrospect is a, a wonderful thing, but you know, in the moment, um, with my lack of experience and my personality tends to impatience, we had just waltzed on ahead. You know, with the experience and learnt later uh, that it cost us a lot. You know, life is full of if-onlys, isn't it? And wouldn't you say that that's true in parenting? <laughs> All those if-onlys. And the reality is that we live in a toxic world, don't we? There are so many hidden toxics in our world. There are so many hidden toxins in our children's world. And we want to protect them from that. And we do our utmost best but sometimes we can't protect them from everything. There are things that maybe we cannot see, maybe things we cannot predict, negative exposures that are simply out of our control in the lives of our children, stuff that we would like to protect them from, but sometimes even it's the mistakes that we make, isn't it, that can do damage in the lives of our children. There are so many if-onlys along the way the reality is that we live in a battlefield 
And it's a battlefield where the enemy is using toxic warfare on our precious children. So I guess lesson number two from my orchard was we are surrounded by toxic warfares. But the good news is that God knows the things that we do not know. And God sees the things that we do not see. And somehow, my let me put it this way, my favourite verse in scripture is Romans 8.28. All things work together for good to those who love God. Somehow God can work things for good. So we can trust him, even though we are surrounded by toxic warfare. Lesson number three. One thing amazed me in this journey that we went on that despite all of my many mistakes and the obvious issues that I've just outlined for you despite the severe imbalances in the minerals and the microbes that were struggling in our soil there was still growth happening absolutely amazing I recall the nectarine just burst forward with the most glorious Bursts of pretty pink flowers. And we had a pear that was just literally this tall when we put it in. And whoosh, oh, it just took off. It took off. And an avocado that, that grew so fast it almost lifted out of the ground. Whoa! So there was still good happening, you know, in, in, in our orchard. And even the plants that were the most severely affected and that were struggling the very most of all, um, even they were trying. They were trying to grow. Bless them. I believe by the grace of God. <laughs> yeah, I could see the fingerprint of God. I could see that he was working in my orchard despite the challenges. His power was still there and he was answering prayers. God's plan, God's way is for balance and abundance. And if you look in the soil, the way you find balance, the way you see balance in the soil is when you have your um, minerals well balanced. We didn't, we didn't, and we didn't know this yet. In terms of abundance, isn't God an abundant God? Can you say amen to that? Amen. He is. And we see this character of God in the soil. In the soil, the abundance is, when you have healthy soil, you have an abundance of microbes, and it is those, it's those microbes that are going to do the work for you. That's the microbes is what gets the, the goodness um, into the plant. So we see balance and we see abundance in the soil. We also see balance and abundance in our families, or we should see balance in abundance in our families. In our families, we want to see a balance of love and discipline. Not lots of love and a little bit of discipline, not lots of discipline and a little bit of love, but a nice balance between the two. Maybe in a, a balance of work and play. I know that's a challenge for me. Not all work and no play, and not all play and no work. There's so many ways in our families that we can be balanced. But this is God's way. God is a God of balance. And abundance in our family, well, I guess that's an abundance of God. But you know, in, in the world, in the sinful world that we live in, 
so often our soils are just so out of balance. And so often in our families, yeah, we struggle. We struggle with balance too. And yet somehow God still works with us. You know, when I walk around anywhere, I see growth. And I know that in the soil anywhere, there's imbalances. And somehow God still works with the soil, despite the imbalances. And I know that in families, it's the same thing. And yet God still works with us. Isn't he good? Romans 3.10 says there is none righteous. No, not one. And all of us parents struggle with our own imperfections and these impact our children in big ways. But somehow, somehow despite it all, God's still working in the hearts of our children and hopefully in the hearts of us too. So lesson number three from the orchard, God still causes all things to grow. In the orchard and in our families, in our children and in us. Okay, lesson number four. Finally, at long, long last, we got the results back from the soil test. It was a painful waiting period, as you can imagine. It was more painful than it should have been because it should have only taken four weeks to turn around the soil test. But because we had such significant imbalances, they had to rerun the test, didn't they? So it took eight weeks. And so it was that little bit of extra time of waiting was was significantly painful to us. And at last, when we got the results back, um, the mystery was revealed, unveiled. Uh, we had very, very high levels of boron. Uh, we had very, very high levels of sodium. We actually have 15% sodium in our soil, which is not a good thing. You shouldn't have above 3%. And uh, then we had very, very low calcium. The calcium-magnesium ratio was just not good, not healthy, and it created a very tight soil. In very tight soil, the microbes kind of get, you know, choked, and they can't breathe, they can't really do their thing too well, so then there were huge issues there. And when your calcium is particularly low, having the toxic boron levels just made the toxic boron levels even worse, if that makes sense. So those were the issues that we were struggling with. But anyway, once we knew what we were dealing with, we could deal with it. And so we amended the soil. We put on the appropriate amendments. Um, mostly we needed to add lime as well as a few other little, little goodies on the side. And all of a sudden, the soil started to breathe. You know, it just opened, it opened up the soil and we saw some beautiful things happening. The microbial life in the soil just started to buzz and hum and sing. And I tell you what, I think that the microbes in the soil were just literally clapping their hands for joy. Yay! You know, we can actually live in this place now. And the mineral balance started to head in the right direction. And what do you suppose we saw? Life. Life. Come back. It was absolutely miraculous. You had to see it with your own two eyes to get it, you know, to, to see where these plants had come from and see the miracle that could, could be poured, the, the miracle of life that could be poured back into the soil and into the lives of these plants. It's truly 
awe-inspiring. And you know what, I just might right now be doing a little plug for Whitmer McConnell's soil fertility class because this is what he's teaching over there. The principles that we were now at last able to apply in our orchard uh, is what he is teaching over there. I put this picture here, this is a Valencia, our Valencia orange. And I put this picture in here and I wish you could see it with more clarity, but I wish you could have seen this particular one when it was at its worst. It was the first one to drop its leaves. It's probably the one that I agonised over the most um, as I started to see where the orchard was heading. And the, um, the, you know, the branches of the, of the uh, tree <laughs> had started to go brown and black and it was just on its way out. It was on its way out. This photo here is after we'd amended the soil and it literally came back to life. I love that tree because when I see it, it's a reminder to me, don't ever give up. Moms, we have a hard, hard task as mothers. And I know it takes a lot to be a mom. I know the challenges of being a mom. And I know that there's times where I feel like giving up. <laughs> I know that there's challenges in my parenting journey, in my children, that make me wonder, what is the outcome going to be? Don't ever give up. This Valencia orange is going to stand for me as a constant reminder for many years to come. I cannot wait to eat the fruit of it. It will remind me, with my children, don't give up. <laughs> you know, now when I walk through the orchard, I see a vision of what God can do. What God can do when God's ways are followed. Remember balance and abundance. And it's not just a vision of what God can do in the soil. It's a vision of what God can do in our families if we're willing to follow in his way. When I walk through the orchard now, I almost do it with a sense of sacred awe because I see God's hand at work. There's a verse in Deuteronomy that says, The Lord... Your God will make you to abound in the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body. What's that? Our children? Yes. In the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your land. That's our gardens. Yes. God wants to make our families, our children, our gardens to abound if we obey his voice, if we obey his ways. So, lesson number four, balance and abundance. Bring health and growth. So do you want health and growth in your garden? Yes? Well, you better head over to Whitmar McConnell's class. <laughs> Do you want health and abundance in your family? Isn't that the more important question? In which case, you're actually in the right class. Amen. <laughs>
Maybe, though, from time to time we should ask God, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do to ensure that we have balance in our family and abundance in our family? Lesson number five. There was one ingredient missing. In fact, it's still kind of missing. There's something that will not come on your soil test results. It won't be recommended for you to do, but you will have to do it whether you want to do it or not. It's pretty important if you want to reap a harvest. Any guesses what it is? It's time. Time, time to let the roots go down and the shoots come up. Time to strengthen up that trunk. Time to develop the fruit. Time to ripen the fruit. Time, time as we wait patiently for the harvest. And I sure hope you can see and just let your own mind parallel this with, of course, our own children. I guess we've all done it before. If you're a gardener, you've held a packet of seeds. I love growing my own vegetables from seed. Not from seedlings, but from seed. I love it. I love to hold on to a little packet of seeds and imagine what it's going to be like when I reap the harvest. Surely you've done that too. I'm sure we have. You imagine what it's going to be like as you sink your teeth into that delicious food at the end. You know, we plant that little baby, don't we? But then we've got to wait for it to grow. We have to wait, wait patiently. There's no such thing as an instant fruit salad. And there's no such thing as a perfect instant child. It takes time. It takes time. I love this quote. I think it really resounds with the heart of a farmer or a gardener, perhaps, or a mother. God looks into the tiny seed that he himself has formed and he sees wrapped within it the beautiful flower, the shrub or the lofty wide spreading tree. So does he see the possibilities in every human being. We and our children are here for a purpose. God has given his plan for our children's lives. And he desires for us and our children to reach the highest standard of development. So I guess lesson number five from the orchard is time. Time and patience. So the question could be asked, is our orchard now in perfect health? (laughs) No, it's not. But by the grace of God, it's certainly heading in the right direction. What about our children? My four young men, are they perfect yet? Oh no, but by the grace of God, I pray they're heading in the right direction. In time, we will see the fruit of our labours. In time, there will be a harvest. I'm guessing that you're, if you're here in the Families in Agricultural stream, that more than likely you might have an orchard yourself. Or maybe you're going to have an orchard one day. And I'm not talking about a fruit orchard. 
but it is an orchard nonetheless, amen. More than likely, you have your own orchard growing right before your very own eyes, your children. And I assume that you, like me, want your children to grow tall and straight and strong, like Daniel. If only we could run a soil test on our children. <laughs> if only we could run a test and then get the recommended recommendations back and amend accordingly. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It's just not that easy. It's not that simple. But as long as we have a sense of our need and we continue to go to God, the Master Gardener, for expert advice, he will teach us here a little, there a little. I had a recent experience. I was going through a, just a time in our family that was not good. And I was struggling with parenting struggling in a big way and I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> I knew that I was struggling particularly with being patient and my brain was just kind of, you know, after days of struggle I was kind of just shutting down and I knew I needed help. And I remember waking up this particular morning and saying, saying, Lord, Lord, help me. I was feeling absolutely and utterly desperate. And if you know what I mean, that sense of just mental fog when everything's kind of not going quite so well, that was what it was like for me. And I couldn't think beyond the moment. And I prayed and I said, Lord, help me. I don't even know where to start. And instantly, God spoke to me. Again, <laughs> not audibly, but with clarity. With clarity. Instantly, he flashed into my mind the, the concept of the love cup. You know what I mean by the love cup? You know that every one of us have a love cup. Our children have love cups. And that we need to make sure that we are filling their love cups and not by our words and actions spilling their love cup. And I know God planted this thought into my mind. I know it was an answer to my prayer because I was unable to think of that. And I know it was just what I needed because I know that I had been spilling their love cups when I should have been filling them. And in that moment, I was awed because it, it made me realise that God was willing to stoop and come so close to me as a mom and give me what I needed for that day. God is a very, very personal God. And he does, he teaches us how to raise our children here a little, there a little. Do we make mistakes along the way? Yeah. <laughs> Too many, but God is there. For those of you who were here last night, who was speaking, Darren Greenfield, he put up on the screen a verse from Isaiah, Isaiah 28. You might recall it, how it's, he said it was for the farmer, and it truly is. And in the middle there it says, his God teaches him. God teaches the farmer. That's what 
That's what it says in his word, that he will teach the farmer. Won't he teach us as moms and dads too? He does. What God does for the farmer, he does for the parent also. Amen? And if and when one day our children do stand tall and strong in character, I pray that it will be to God's glory and not to our glory. 1 Corinthians says, I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters is anything. But God, it is God who gives the increase. We need to remain humble. That's not too hard when you're a parent. (laughs) But we do. We need to remain humble in all we do. So lesson number six, which is the last lesson, to God be the glory. To finish, I just want to read you this passage. I love this passage in Jeremiah chapter 9. It says, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. And I'm going to add two more bits to that. Don't let the orchard keeper glory in his orchard. No, but to God be the glory. And let not the parents glory in their children, but always only to God be the glory. Can I pray with you? Loving Heavenly Father, you love to teach us lessons. and I pray that you will continue to teach us. Keep us humble, keep us teachable, and keep teaching us even through the tough times of life. I particularly pray a blessing on the the moms and the dads here, dear Lord. They need to know that you are the master gardener and that they can go to you at any time. And you are working with them and for them in 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 the journey. And I pray, dear Lord, that through it all, the glory will belong to you alone. In your name I pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.